Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so NBC News reporting that Dr. Paul Offit, pediatrician, director of the Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine that evidence supporting new versions of the booster shots for the Omicron variant, which were authorized by the FDA, in August is, quote, underwhelming. Dr. Neil Rao joins us, infectious diseases specialist, Alton Region in Ontario, assistant professor at the University of Toronto Medical School. So, Dr. Rao, what in layman's terminology is Dr. Offit saying? Well, he goes into a lot of interesting discussions. First of all, he talks about how this virus keeps evolving or mutating with new variants that leave us kind of behind the eight ball every time we develop a vaccine what we're using is no longer current relative to what's circulating. And the other big issue he's getting at is that if you've either seen Omicron itself, which 80% of Canadians have already done, or if you've had the vaccine, which more than 90% of Canadians have done, it's almost like your immune system is biased. They call it imprinting towards the strain that you saw or got vaccinated against and that your ability to handle the new strains isn't improved by boosting. He didn't say throw the boosters in the garbage, but he said we really should reserve it for older adults and people with underlying conditions that put them at risk for bad outcomes from COVID, but not to keep trying to vaccinate people to stop infections because we're not winning in that game. What are your thoughts about this? I agree with him. I've been saying something somewhat similar that we had to be more nuanced. In, in 2021, when we went on the booster odyssey, I at one point said we should be pragmatic and not do a redo of the same thing over and over again with the original Wuhan booster that we kept giving people. And I think I was proven right. We couldn't stop infections, but we did stop bad outcomes in people by giving everybody some form of immunity to COVID, either natural infection by happenstance or vaccination. Um, I do think we have a problem and that policies seem to lag the science it's hard for people having advocated for everyone to be boosted, to get off the train, to get off the horse and say, listen, maybe we need to rethink this. It's not working. The bivalent booster, the problem with it is actually that it has both the original strain and the new strain. From a design perspective, it might have been better if it just had the newer strain. It's still not current to what's circulating right now, but a newer strain rather than trying to mix them together would have been better based on what we're starting to learn. So this brings me to the question I've been asking for some time. That is, I don't know how you prep a vaccine for a mutation of COVID that hasn't yet been identified. Well, that's so the same challenge occurred with the flu vaccine as well. I think we have to ask ourselves, why are we vaccinating? Are we trying to stop infections? And I think the answer is no. If we're trying to help people whose immune systems don't take that well to either natural infection or to the vaccine in terms of having long-term protection against a new infection with a new strain, giving them a vaccine, even if it doesn't stop the next round of infection with a new strain that evolves, 
may actually give them protection against ending up in the ICU or ending up severely ill. So the goal of giving people boosters after either infection or after prior vaccination is almost like a top-up of the immune system to protect them from a bad outcome, but not to stop transmission or to stop them from acquiring it, because you can't. So there's a story on, uh, let switch horses in midstream here. There was a story on Global News yesterday, and the headline is Federal Program to Compensate BC Man for COVID-19 Vaccine-Related Paralysis. And it mentions, Julian, it's either Schofield or Schofield. I'm not sure which. I apologize to the gentleman for not, maybe not, well, I'm one way or another, not pronouncing it properly. He, uh, he said he did everything possible to protect himself and his family from the coronavirus. Received his first Pfizer vaccination shot in May of 21. Six months later, he went back for his second shot and everything was fine, adding he didn't even have a sore arm after getting the injection. Two weeks later, though, uh, he said things took a rapid turn for the worse when he and his family were enjoying a day out on the lake. Longer story, somewhat shorter, the uh, doctors finally diagnosed him with acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, or is it ADEM? ADEM? Yes, pretty, pretty bad disease, yeah. And, and he's probably in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, I'm yeah. presuming. So, so, so what do we get out of that? What's, what's, yeah, the, so what's the takeaway here? Events. I, I want to be clear. I think my discussion here is less about the safety of the vaccine as the futility of the vaccine boosters for the wrong people. So, I mean, there are terrible adverse effects that rarely occur, and it's appropriate that there is a compensation mechanism for them. We've mm -hmm. heard about myocarditis as well in younger adults. Uh, hopefully not a long-term disaster for those people, but still a serious problem. And again, you get to the question of if you're giving the vaccine booster to people, are you giving it to them where the benefits outweigh these very small risks? So once you get to younger and younger populations, kids, young adults, when you start giving the vaccine to them, you're not really giving it to them to protect them from a bad outcome. They're at extremely low risk of that. So your, the old argument used to be that we were going to stop transmission of this virus by vaccinating people en masse. That was the thinking in 2021 in the early days, but that's not the thinking anymore. So we have to rethink why we are promoting boosters for anyone and everyone and talking about inadequate uptake of boosters in the population and measuring the percent uptake like we're following, you know, a United Way charity drive. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 